0: Will the Penguins get revenge on the Ducks in the Battle of the Birds on Tuesday night? Well, Pat and I are going to discuss that and a lot more on today's episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Your
1: Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked
0: On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Hunter Hodes. You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Joined by my co-host, Patrick Damby. You can follow him on Twitter at Center for Wet. And you can follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. And today's episode is brought to you by... FanDuel make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com to get started. So another game night for this wonderful hockey team in this wonderful city. Penguins Ducks comes your way at 10 o'clock Eastern Time, the California trip. As I've said so many times on this show, one of my favorites, I love staying up late to watch hockey. I did it just last night to watch the Oilers continue to struggle. And boy, they have some really bad goaltending problems, by the way. But this is not the Locked on Oilers podcast. Penn's Ducks, 10 o'clock, Sportsnet Pittsburgh for television. And the Penguins, they'll try to get revenge on the Ducks after what happened last Monday, where I thought the Penguins outplayed them, but they just didn't get the goaltending from Tristan Jari, and they lost that game in... Honestly, I hate saying this, but it was kind of in hilarious fashion with the way they had the five on three with less than two minutes to go in regulation. You think they're going to get at least a point from that game, if not win it in regulation. And then they give up a shorthanded goal with not even 15 seconds left in regulation to to lose the game. Overall for this one, Pat, I think if the Penguins can play the way they did against the Ducks last week and get the goaltending from Tristan Jari, They can definitely win this game. Jari is the one who I really have circled for this game. Just because he wasn't good in that one against the Ducks, I thought the rest of the skaters played a really good game. Yes, the power play at the end was definitely not the greatest considering how good the power play was before that 5-on-3. But if the skaters can play a similar game to the way they played at home last week, and if Jari can have a game like he had against the Sharks, I definitely think the Penguins can win this game, even though the Ducks have been red hot. As a way, they have won six in a row.
1: Yeah, they handed the red-hot defending champion Vegas Golden Knights their first regulation loss and did so in comeback fashion, which is pretty impressive. Right. But listen, I said this yesterday, and I stand by it, man. This is, to this point, the biggest game of the season. Because, like I said, just over a week ago, eight days ago, this team came into your building snatched two points off of you and laughed about it. And we're going to find out tonight what this team is made of. And this isn't me saying that we're going to have to revisit the legacies of Crosby, Malkin, Letang. Those are set in stone. We know what they are. But we're going to find out about this team, the 2023-24 Penguins. We're going to find out what this team is made of. Do they have that championship DNA in them? Because this is the game Where if you're a team who wants to do big things, you want to get back to the playoffs, you want to win a couple rounds, you ideally want to win another Stanley Cup. This is the kind of game where you go out and you win. And you don't just win. You win in convincing fashion. Because, again, they wounded your pride eight days ago. And I'm with you on all the statistical parts of it. I think they played very well against the Ducks. We can hem and haw about the power play and the 5-on-3 late. We've done that already. But at the end of the day, this is a team that laughed at you. This is a team that embarrassed you. This is a team that handed you a loss that had people wondering if you've still got it. And if you can't get up for that game, if you can't motivate yourself for this game, said it yesterday, I'll say it again now, do not leave the locker
0: room. This feels like the true get-back game for the Penguins. It's great. You beat the Sharks 10-2. to Newsflash, everyone's beating the Sharks this year. They are really bad, though it would be kind of funny if they did beat the Edmonton Oilers on Thursday night, a team that's also struggling really bad this year. But you, know, you beat the Sharks, you play fine, but you still have a few levels that you could reach above. I want to see if the Penguins can get to those levels in this game. You said it. The Ducks walked in that building after... A very long road trip on the East Coast. They were gassed. The Penguins were taking it to them all game, I thought. And they didn't get rewarded, even though I thought they should have. Well, now you're also on a long road trip. I know it's the second game of the California trip, but you're still far away from Pittsburgh, to say the least. Can the Penguins kind of return the favor in that regard and steal two points from the Honda Center against a red-hot Ducks team? And... I actually like that the Ducks are playing well right now. I think this bodes well for the Penguins heading into this game just because I think they'll be up for this one for sure. With the Ducks beating the Golden Knights, and they beat the Bruins earlier this year too, they're showing that they're making progress in this rebuild. You know, you look at the numbers on their team. Mason McTavish, who killed the Penguins in the last game, he has 13 points in 11 games. Six of those are goals. Frank Vetrano is averaging a goal per game, nine goals, 12 points in 11 games. And I'll say it again here, people. If Frank Vetrano plays the Penguins, please place a bet for any goal scorer for Frank Vetrano. I called it, it last week. I'm going to call it again tonight. He will score at least one goal against this team. You have Ryan Strom playing really well. Troy Terry's playing good. Trevor Zegres isn't there just yet, but he can break out at any time. This Ducks team is full of a lot of really young talent. We saw it on display last week. It's going to be on display again tonight, but I really do think this game can bode well for the Penguins because of the way last week's game unfolded and how the Ducks are playing because we've seen it so far this season. Remember that Colorado Avalanche game? And I'm not comparing the Avalanche to the Ducks because I think the Avalanche are a much better team, but the Penguins were up for that game. And I know it was at home. I think in the same you know, situation here, I think they'll be up for this one, even though the Ducks aren't as good. They're just playing really good hockey right now, though.
1: Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I also don't want to, from everything I'm saying about this team came in, snatched two points, and laughed at you. This isn't me saying the Ducks are bad. I think they're better than we all expected. Yes, for sure. But early early returns show this is a pretty solid hockey club. And I, I don't want to discount that at all. I also want to say that at the same time, man, I, I have to show some penance here. For what I said after this game uh last time. And man, the whole who is Luke, Luke uh Lucas Dostal, like I, I I'm probably still getting the name wrong, but at the same time, the kid can play. The kid's will give
0: you the month, Pat.
1: And listen, like you said, this is a game that you're gonna have to bring your best. This is a chance for you to show a young team how difficult the NHL season can be because right now they're flying high, no pun intended. Uh, they're, they're on a big win streak. They've, they beat the NHL's hottest team in, in their home. And it, it's something that when you're a young team, you get into this moment, you feel unbeatable. And then a team that you beat eight days ago comes around. You're like, Oh, we got this. We know how this is done. You can hand them a loss and teach them a pretty big lesson.
0: I agree. and, I'll also say on Lucas Dostal as well. I'll take the L on that because I had no idea who he was. And then he goes out and he's the NHL's rookie of the month for October. So he may get the start in this one. It may be John Gibson. Either way, though, the Ducks have two pretty good goalies that they could go to tonight. And I thought Dostal played really well. And I hope I'm not mispronouncing his name either. I apologize if I am. I thought he played really well when he came in for Gibson last week. So again, they could go to either one of these guys tonight. But I think that will do it for this first segment. Coming up in the second segment, Pat and I are going to go back in time to last week's game. I think we're going to discuss really honestly what the Penguins need to do to win this game, especially when it comes to special teams and how the Penguins can really get the power play going like it was against the Ducks in that previous game. But before we get to that, we got to tell you all about... FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 of bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, Player props, over/unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com/lockedon and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel, the official betting partner of the NFL, and Locked On. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm Hunter Hodges, joined by my co-host Pounder Tamp, of course. Thank you all so much for making this your first listen/slash watch of the day. So. Let's go back in time a little bit, and I know we don't want to relive that game too much because of how it ended, heartbreaking fashion, for the Penguins. But let's discuss some of the things that they did do well, Pat, and how they can bring that into tonight's game, the power play specifically. I thought before that last five on three, they were moving the puck really well, getting some really strong grade A looks. Eric Carlson had an absolute blast to open the game. You had that beautiful blast from Evgeny Malkin to tie the game a bit later on. I think for this one, it's really simple. Just keep feeding Carlson and Gino those bombs, whether it's from the point, whether it's from the right half ball, and then crash the net, whether it's dustol in net or whether it's Gibson. Because I don't think the Penguins had enough net front traffic in that game, especially late in that game against the Ducks. I thought on that five on three with a little less than two minutes to go, they were just clean, easy looks for the Ducks goalie. And he didn't really have to move to, to see the puck. And I want to see more net front traffic when the Penguins get power plays in this one. I do think special teams as a whole will play a big role because the Penguins, they gave up a goal on the penalty kill in that last one, Frank Petrano with an absolute snipe. I still wish Tristan Jari had that one in my opinion, but if the Penguins want to win this game, special teams are going to have to be even better than what they were in that Monday game. And again, I thought the power play was mostly good until the end penalty kill though, definitely could be a bit better.
1: You beat me to it. That was what I was going to go with. It's going to be a big difference as special teams, because right now, as we sit here today, Tuesday morning around 11 a.m. recording this episode, this is a mid-off when it comes to special teams, quite literally, because both the Penguins and Ducks, both their power play and penalty kills, sit right smack in the middle of the league. They're both somewhere between 15 and 17. So if you're the Penguins tonight, your power play has to again make a difference because you look at Anaheim's PK it's only operating at 78.6% which is 17th in the league so right smack in the middle if you're the if that's the case then like you said do what they did with feeding uh Garrett Carlson and Evgeny Malkin the other thing and i think this is going to be a big difference tonight is you have that reworked fourth line. By all accounts, it looks like the same lineup that played in San Jose is going to play tonight. When you played them eight days ago, the top three lines, the top nine forwards, all had an expected goals percentage of over 60%. And then it falls off a cliff to the fourth line at 19%. So you have that reworked fourth line that can actually go out there and make a little bit more of a difference. If you get that same effort from the top nine and a little bit more from your fourth line, this is a game that is in, extremely winnable for the Penguins. And finally, Penguins fans, pick up your tomatoes. Feel, feel, feel free to throw them at me if you want. But this is another game where you could very well get goalied Because as, as we have seen, Dostal is off to a very hot start. If he's the starter, the kid is playing extremely well. He's in a groove. But all I want to see tonight, aside from an obvious get the win and play well because of what happened eight days ago, Do the same things you did eight days ago with the exception of the five-on-three at the end. They had over 40 shots on net. They had two power play goals. They just need Jari to show up, and they need to have the power play be just slightly better, and this is a game that you can very much win.
0: I agree, and just to go off your point about the getting goalie part, Heck, John Gibson was also playing really well before he got hurt in that game. I mean that paddle save on Sidney Crosby where Sid was just looking to the heavens like, how the heck did that not go in?
1: And that's it, a rare thing for Johnny yeah. Whitehall. He usually struggles against the Penguins, notoriously. Right. I mean, I, when the Penguins went on their uh, on their resurgent run in 2016, you know, you go back and you watch those highlights from that season. Every like four or five of Crosby's highlights are against John Gibson.
0: Right. He was really bad for a long time against the Penguins. And then he had that great start last year in Pittsburgh, where he almost got the Ducks the win before the Penguins tied the game late in the third period and then won in, in overtime, thanks to Sid and Jake. But that's now two straight, pretty solid starts. And I know Gibson got hurt in the last one, but still two really strong starts where he's played his hometown team pretty well, to say the least. Going off that though, I think I really want to see the third line continue to improve. I thought Lars Eller had his best game of the season against the Ducks last week. And I, I could say the same for Redeem Zahorna. If that line with Drew O'Connor can really cook in this one, I also like the Penguins' chances because when that line was on the ice, they were hemming the Ducks in their own zone, getting a lot of quality chances. I want to see more of that so that the top six doesn't have to carry the load in this one. And then you said it best for the fourth line. Nineteen percent was it expected goals for percentage, Pat? I mean, that's pathetic to say the least. I can,
1: I can also use the stats to back up your Lars Eller take too.
0: I know. No, you, know, you, you,
1: you want to know what Lars's expected goals re- percentage was against Give the Ducks last week?
0: Ninety-one percent. The eye test, my eye test at least, is with the numbers on that one, and I'll take that any day of the week. But no, I, I thought he really jumped out at me when he was on the ice. He his skating was really solid. In that game, and again, he was getting some really good chances and was good in his own zone as well. I want to really want to see that continue in this one. And then for the fourth line, if it can just be a little bit above water, I think that can also make a big difference as well. But I'll say this outside of that. I think Sidney Crosby could have a big game in this one. He had double-digit shot, shots, excuse me, in that game against the Ducks. He somehow did not score, even though he had so many quality chances. I do think this is a game where Sid potentially goes off. If he puts that kind of effort In this one, I do think the Penguins have a good shot of winning this game.
1: You can see it coming for Sid in in all accounts, whether it's the reports from practice when they're wherever they are practicing out out west, and you can see it in the last couple of games. He's starting to round into form. He's starting to look like Sidney Crosby. The points are there, which is great, and I think they're always going to be there just because he's a point machine. But – you can see it in his overall game right now that he's rounding into Sidney Crosby form. He's starting to make passes that nobody else can make. He's starting to, again, be very strong on the puck. He's affecting possession in the offensive zone. And the most important thing that that that, that kickstarts his game that we've seen lately, he's back-checking like a maniac. Oh,
0: right? yeah. And it's,
1: it, he, if he's, it doesn't matter if he's on the goal line. He finds his way to be the first forward back. And when Crosby's that kind of locked in, you just know a special performance is looming.
0: It feels like him and Gino are really back-checking with a major purpose right now. I mean, I've, we've seen that to start the year with Gino, but Sid, he's starting to get into that, you know, mini selkie form, as I guess that's I like been, to call it a little bit now. That, that's been
1: the biggest thing for Gino's game this year so far, is that he's engaged in all three yeah. zones, and... I know that people want to say that he's bad defensively. I'm not going to pretend like he's a selkie candidate because he's not. But I think his defensive struggles are overblown. But he's been so engaged this year that it it kind of makes you wonder, where has this been all, that, all these years?
0: Yeah, when he's taking the puck away with a purpose, no matter who has the puck, you can tell that he's on top of this game. One more thing, though, before we head to break, and we'll discuss Jeff Carter being a healthy scratch, it looks like, for a second straight game. What did we do with the Ricardo Raquel situation? Because against the Sharks, again, just I don't think played that good of a game. He's still getting top six minutes. He's still going to get time on the power play, whether it's the first or second unit. Do you move him down to the third line and see if that helps? But even though you got Eller, Zahorna, and O'Connor starting to maybe find something there, I just really don't know what you do in the situation other than putting him with Crosby and Gensel and being like, okay, can you find your form here or... Is that also too much? Because they do have a Ricard Raquel problem right now. And it's something that I'll say this. I did not see this coming to start of the year because he's been a total ghost.
1: Promote him. That's what you do. Listen, I know that sounds stupid because he hasn't produced, but it, the, the numbers back this up. He doesn't have great chemistry with Gino. He just yeah. doesn't. It's not an indictment on him or Malkin. They're just not a good mix. Meanwhile, when you put him with Crosby, he's a man on fire, and I love Brian Rust. He's had an incredible start to the season, and he looks like he's having the bounce back he deserves. But he plays well with Gino too, so <laughs> you don't have to staple Rust to Crosby's wing. You switch those two, and I mean, you switch those two, and you still have your third line starting to find something, and your fourth line starting to round into form. All of a sudden, you got a pretty good, pretty damn good forward group that can produce now. If you make that swap with Rust and Raquel and it doesn't work, then we have a Ricard-Raquel problem. Because the other thing I'll say about it is that I don't think he's playing poorly. Is he playing great? No. But the process is there. He's getting chances. He's getting shots. It's looking a lot like Brian Rust last year where you're like, okay, he's not playing bad, but he's just not getting the results. And... Eventually, the results do need to come, but at the same time, when the process is good and the results don't show up, I mean, that's just the tough luck that hockey brings you sometimes.
0: It feels like whenever he gets that first one, he's going to be like, look to the heavens, he'd be like, thank you. And then I feel like at that point, some of the goals might start coming because I feel like that happens quite a lot. In hockey, when you get that first one, and then they just come in bunches, you know, you have a two-goal game, then you have maybe a hat trick later on, or just a bunch of one-goal games. It feels like, hopefully, and I'm hoping on this one, once that first one comes, it could open the floodgates for him. It
1: feels like he's just chopping away at the tree. He's chopping away at the tree, and he's a couple more swings of the axe away from knocking it down. And I do think the thing that can supercharge that is putting him with Crosby.
0: It would make sense. I mean, we've seen it. Uh, yield really good results over the years since he's uh, been a penguin. So I'll be curious to see if Mike Sullivan does that at some point, but it doesn't look like it's going to be tonight. I will say keep him in the top six for right now. I wouldn't give him power play one minutes because I don't think he's deserved that at this point. I would keep him off that and put him on power play two for right now. But if he starts to produce a bit more, I could see him go up to power play one at some point, but that will do it for this second segment coming up to end the show. Pat and I are going to have a discussion on Jeff Carter and why seems like he's being a really, Strong leader at this point, even though he's going to be a healthy scratch for a second straight game. But before we get to that, we got to tell you all about Sleeper, which is the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contest you can do this by yourself you can do this with your friends heck you can even do this with your family and you can also do this with other sports like the nfl nba mlb at least when that starts up next year and college football especially with the college football playoff coming up in a little less than two months all you have to do is pick weather studs like Connor mcdavid alex ovechkin sydney crosby nathan mckinnon will record more or less their stats like goals assists Saves. Heck, you can even do plus minus if you want. And to win a 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Penguins fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKED ON NHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKED ON NHL. See sleepers' terms of use for details and locational availability. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm Hunter Hodes, joined by my co-host, Patrick Damp. So it looks like just based on the practice lines from Monday and everything that Mike Sullivan said after practice, Jeff Carter is going to be a healthy scratch for a second straight game. You know, Hallelujah. In my book, that's a big W yet again. But I do like what Carter said to the media afterwards. And I think Josh Yowie and Taylor Haas both had really good stories on that for their respective websites, DK Pittsburgh Sports and The Athletic. And Sometimes when a veteran player gets scratched and especially someone in Carter's case, who has accomplished a lot in his NHL career, they get a bit upset. Like, you know, why am I not in the lineup? I should be helping this team win. How dare you scratch me? All that good stuff. But by all accounts and purposes, Carter's taking it really well, which I do like. He even said he has a smile on his face coming into the rink every day. He wants to help the younger players and even said, you know, when it's my time again, and I, I mean, he's going to play again this season, let's be real. He said he'll be ready to come back to the lineup, but it was just really nice to see him be pretty positive about it. I mean, I don't think you can be a total meanie, I guess, about it. I'm not going to say other words that I probably could use, but, you know, you have seen veteran players in the past be kind of a bit snarky when it comes to being scratched, but Carter is definitely not doing that, and I think that's a bit commendable in my book.
1: Yeah, I got to hand it to him. I, I like I liked these two quotes from our pal Josh's story where Carter said, I'm not going to come in here and mope around and be a, a, an old grumpy right. guy. I'm going to come in here and try to keep it light in the room. And he also said, I understand it. I'm part of a team. Whatever Sully decides to do with the lineup, we're all on board. And that last quote's the money one to me because here's the thing. There's been a lot of talk so far this season that the Penguins might need to think about someone other than Sullivan. And when you hear a guy like Jeff Carter, who is going, who, who is, I would say, a fringe Hall of Fame player. I don't know if he'll ever get in, but he's close.
0: I don't he's, think so, he, in my opinion.
1: He, he's scored a couple hundred goals. He's got two Stanley Cup rings. It's, it's a guy who I don't think gets in, but it's a guy who I do believe will be nominated in Disgust it's really easy for a player like that in a moment like that to get scratched and completely shut down. It shows the respect that Mike Sullivan has garnered as the coach of the team. And it also shows that he understands who Jeff Carter is as a leader, because I guarantee you the part of the reason he hasn't been scratched as of late in going back to last season is that they were probably a little concerned about how he would react to being scratched, being both a respected leader in the room and a veteran. And that can be a volatile situation when somebody like that gets scratched and becomes toxic. And it's somebody you can't remove from your roster. You can't trade them. You can't send them down. You can't release them because of the contract. Right. So, I think the fact that Sullivan sat down with him, had the conversation, scratched him, and he's been a leader is both very telling of what a good guy Jeff Carter is and how well Mike Sullivan commands this room.
0: Yeah, it's obvious to me that Mike Sullivan has not lost the locker room. I think if he had lost the locker room, excuse me, he would not be here right now. And you'd be seeing, I think, pretty piss poor efforts on a nightly basis from the Penguins. I don't think we've had that this season. I mean, I know it's, short sample size so far, but I don't think every effort has been piss poor so far. And I, and I do think that's a testament to how much these players still like playing for Mike Saldo. When, when it comes for Carter, I agree with you overall. I do think he's just going to, you know, he's going to have to bide his time and wait for him to be back in the lineup because you, know, you touched on, it on the Monday episode, there's a chance that that could be on Thursday against Los Angeles, because that could be his final time playing in LA where he had a lot of success with the Kings. Maybe you play him there. Maybe you scratch him a bit after just because that's a big milestone for him. But it's obvious to me that I'm just glad that Sullivan is not afraid of doing this because it looked like he was for a long time, just because he's a veteran player. How he shooted some other younger players in the lineup, you know, like P.O. Joseph, you have Drew O'Connor but back when at least he was getting his feet wet in the NHL, some other younger players as well. But I'm glad that at least Sullivan is kind of maybe, Changing his tune a little bit and actually has the guts to scratch a player like Carter for someone who has, again, he's accomplished a lot throughout his career. And maybe he's not playing the best hockey, but it still takes a lot to do something like that. And I'm glad that Sullivan was at least able to do it for this game and then potentially this one against the Ducks as well. And
1: the thing that's great about it is he's both Josh and Taylor had it in their articles (laughs) that He has stayed after practice to help the younger guys, yeah, to help them work, to help them improve. And if you're not going to be the player you were two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, be a resource, be an asset, help out. You know, I'm pretty sure you watched the show, I know I did. Ted Lasso, it's what they did with Roy Kent, they had him mentor the younger guys when his game was gone, and then he became a coach. And then the other thing that's kind of awesome to me. From, especially from josh's story he kind of threw it in there as like a little aside if you if you weren't paying attention you didn't notice it carter's gonna carter and his family said they're gonna live in pittsburgh when he retires this is a guy who has played in philadelphia and los angeles and listen i know we're not supposed to like philly around here but i've gone to philadelphia plenty of times it's a pretty fun city and los angeles is los angeles and yet this guy was like now nah, i'm done i'm hanging in pittsburgh
0: Pat, you can't say those things about Philadelphia on this show. How dare you? How dare just you? No, I'm just, I'm just there I, I was, you know. I was born in Philly, man, so I, I get it. it. It actually is a very nice city. Sports fans can be a bit much. I'll say that, but I was born in Philadelphia. Here's the
1: sneaky secret. Pittsburgh and Philly have a ton in common. That's why we hate each other.
0: <laughs> and I feel like there's only one main rivalry between the two sports teams there anyway. It's Penguins-Flyers. The Steelers yeah. and Eagles fans don't give a crap about each other. I don't think yeah. – Phillies and Pirates fans really care about each other that much, but hey, you know, if you haven't been to Philadelphia yet, and even though you live in Pittsburgh, if you're listening to this, take a trip to Philadelphia. It actually is a really fun city. It's a fun but, town, I'm telling you guys, you'll love it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you, and yes, get yourself a Philly cheesesteak, but expe- but you
1: have to go to the right places. But we're ask not going to discuss ask, that on the show. Ask the locals where to go. They'll tell you. They'll tell you don't go to Pat's or Geno's because yes. they've become. Like chain restaurants. They'll tell you about some hole, some greasy hole in the wall you've never heard of, and you'll walk out like you just saw God.
0: Go to Mama's off Belmont Avenue off, the, off 76. That's my favorite spot. But okay, we're not a Philadelphia uh, <laughs> cheesesteak podcast here. That's for sure. I, I think overall, that will do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. We'll be back with another episode for you all on Wednesday. Pat won't be able to make that one. He had a couple of things come up for work, so it'll be just me recapping this game against the Ducks. I'll probably call on a little bit of help, I think, as well. And then Pat will be back on Thursday to get you all set for Penn's Kings on Thursday night, and then we'll recap that game on Friday, get you all set for Penn Sabres on Friday. That game will be on Saturday, but we'll be previewing that game for the Friday episode. But again, thank you all so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. We'll be back with another episode for you all on Wednesday. Done.